But in each one of these symphonies, I try to lay out a, a different set of problems for myself. And um, depending on my success in dealing with the, with the problem, I continue to work on them. Generally, I'm rushing when I finish them, so I, I work on them over, over the next year or so. Like, I finish them in the time, and then the next year or two years, I look at them, like with All Rise. I looked at it for about a year and a half or two years after we performed it. Every time we would play it, I would tweak it and, and try to get a little closer to what I'm what I'm trying to hear because I don't have the chance to work with orchestras all the time. I'm not standing in front of them, so a lot of the propositions that I try to set out, I don't know for sure that it'll work until I hear it. Um, so with the Swing Symphony, it's still, it's still six of the seven movements. With the Blues Symphony, I only heard five of the two five of the seven movements, so I'm working on those. Uh, the, the, the ones that I heard, I'm working trying to correct those, and I'm also trying to write the other two. The uh, I wrote these two kind of around the same time. I think the last time I can remember doing that, I, it was in 1996 or 97, I wrote a piece called Jumpstart in Jazz, and I wrote a string quartet at the same time. So. I wrote both of them. I did a lot of things in common because I was trying to see what will work for jazz and what will work on strings. So I used the string quartet as a way to use different devices and try to figure out uh, what will work. Then with each piece, uh, with, the, with, the, with the larger pieces, I try to um, use an entirely different way of writing them, an entirely different method. But I still will quote and, and refer to myself and, of course, the things that are in the history of our music because I feel like it, this this is kind of a bridge time. It's important to retain all of the things that we've we've known for the people who come come after us. Because once we lose that connection, we, it'll be very difficult to get it back. And I feel like I've been fortunate to be around so many of the great musicians when I was very young. I'm talking about all of the Dizzy, Sweets, Edison, Elvin Jones, John Lewis. To have that type of intimate relationship with all of them, and also the great artistic figures like August Wilson and uh, Ralph Ellison and all the kind of Afro-American, the, the great artists in that, that, that style, in that culture, that I'm, I'm always trying to get deeper into that and into the things that I learned from them. So Swing Symphony has a, now we're performing six of the seven movements, but the, the movement that's left out is actually the sixth movement. The one we call number six is actually the seventh one. And it goes through the evolution of the swing rhythm. I did a piece with Harold and Riley called Evolution of the Groove. And we still we dealt with kind of how grooves affect the sound of music. You can have the same harmony, the same melody, and a, when you change the groove, it changes the effect of the music. So uh, I use as the undergirding of this symphony songs and harmonic progressions that were definitive and popular in their time. So for ragtime, I use the actual progressions of Maple Leaf Rag. And for the New Orleans March section, the first movement I used, Didn't He Ramble? Even that's not that's not from that time, but it's just you know I use a little poetic license sometimes, and uh, I think make me a pallet on the floor is the is the middle section, the the slow dirge section, and uh, that was something from that time. And then.